FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Jay Shepard is in the house now, so you might agree with him, you might disagree with him, but he's going to get you wound up one way or the other. So you want to give Jay a call and agree or disagree with him, Mackenzie Country Classic Hotline, of course, is always open. 888 Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning. I just, before we get started, I want to say, you know, you really should be doing this as a live video podcast so that everybody can see Anthony over here breakdancing to the bumper music. It's quite a, quite a sight. <laughs> I'm working a car wash this morning, brother. <laughs> All right, Jay. Now let's get let's get into it. Um, last night, we know we got a big debate tonight. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, the results last night. Now we know in the last elections, the midterms, uh, there was thought to be this red wave coming. The Republicans were going to take the Senate. They were going to you know pick up 30, 40, 50 seats. Jimmy Fallon said ninety seats. It didn't happen. The red the red uh, wave. Turned into a pretty much of a fizzle. He barely took the House and lost seats in the Senate. Now here are the mini midterms, if you want to call them that. And people have been talking leading up to this, like we just saw poll. Biden's dead. He's going to lose to Trump. He's going to lose to whoever. His numbers are, are in the tank. But now comes the election last night. And whatever signs there were all point to plus signs for the Democrats. The abortion issue continues to be look like it's going to be a chain around Republicans' necks with the results in Ohio, and Glenn Youngkin made the 15-week abortion ban his uh, his platform to try to win the House and Senate and lost them both. What spin can you put on that, Jay? Oh, I don't put spin on anything, Kurt. I just talk about facts and let let the people decide it based on facts. And well, I think, you better be looking for a spin, though. <laughs> and, I, and I think one of the, the things that we have to look at is the difference between spin and fact. And let's take uh, Ohio, let's take Virginia, let's take Kentucky. The real spin here is that the Democrats in the liberal side of the House are spending millions and millions of dollars telling falsehoods about what abortion laws are. It's the same thing that happened in Vermont when uh, we're, the pro-life side was outspent 10 to 1 talking about things that just weren't true, that it was you know a continuation of Roe v. Wade, when in reality what it is is it's nine-month abortions on demand, and the problem that the Republicans are having is that we're not raising enough money to counteract all these falsehoods that are being told out there regarding the, the life issue. Uh, so one of the things we have to do is we have to take a look at where the money is coming from and how it's divided. If you look at uh, 2022, I think there was some, somewhere in the area of 15, $35 billion was spent by outside groups, uh, and most of them stressing the life issue and making false, false statements about what Roe v. Wade was and how the Dobbs decision changed that. You compare that to whether the Republicans were spending about $135 million. So the, the numbers are really out of whack in terms of what the, the dark, uh, soft money is being spent in telling falsehoods that, quite honestly, there's not enough money out there for the Republicans to counteract and what's tell a, the truth. What's a falsehood that's being told? One, I, I mentioned that... The, you know, putting nine-month abortions in your constitution is just replacing Roe v. Wade when Roe v. Wade w- had nothing to do with nine-month abortions and certainly had nothing to do with putting it in your constitution. So that's that's a simple and easy answer. Uh, they talk about, you know, the number of abortions that happen and, and why they happen and all of those kind of things. You tell the story and you tell the same stories over and over, whether they're true or not, and people start to believe them. And so what the real issue here is the Republicans have a real 
fundamental issue with not raising the kind of money to counteract the lies and the mistruths that are being said by the Democrats and the liberal side. But you would have to say, whether you blame it on money or not, which some would some would call a spin, but uh, whatever it is, if it's not enough money being spent or not, I mean, almost throughout the country, look, the result in Kansas. I mean, you think that people didn't understand what the ballot item was in Kansas? Oh, Kansas absolutely. Kansas, Kansas is a conservative state. and it, it, if, the, if, if you write something and it, it's so convoluted, you've, you've read bills in the House that, I mean, they, you know, they, they put a title on it and a name on it that has nothing to do with the reality of what's going on in the bill. You know, so what, what's happening is they, they – yes, Go ahead, Kurt? but I've got, an, I've got another one for you. Go ahead. I've got another one for you. I'm getting ready. He's got the, he's got the shotgun loaded over there. <laughs> yeah. uh, what they've done is they've spun it so much that it's hard for regular people to know. And Kansas is a Republican state. But the majority of Republicans ended up not understanding whether a yes vote was a yes for something and a no vote was a no for something. All right, but what about Virginia? I well, mean, Governor Youngkin spent put a lot of his prestige on the line. He was out there trumpeting the 15-week abortion. That was a big part of his, we need to take the House and the Senate, and it flopped big time. How do you, I don't, it seems like you have to put a spin on that one. The Democrats spent $35 million on legislative seats. That's the same as being in Vermont. You don't think there was a big effort by Glenn Youngkin and the Republicans? Uh, they were outspent $35 million to $27 million. All right, hold on. we got a call for you. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Jay. Um, I think you're still missing the fundamental point, and here's what it is. The Democrats are really happy, pleased, ecstatic that Roe Wade was overturned. This is their ticket to victory for the next 40 years. You're missing the point, Jay. The only issue on the ballot now is abortion. That's it. You've got waves of young women now who are voting for the first time, and they will not wear, and I'm going to use a metaphor you may not like, but they will not wear the burqa of having men in in legislatures tell them what they're going to do with their body. Now, I happen to be pro-life, but it doesn't matter how I feel about it. The Democrats have won a victory for two generations, and they are thankful that Donald Trump put the people on the court that he did who flipped Roe Wade. We, there are many of us who like the fact that it was flipped, but the fact of the matter is we cannot win again. I even have a 100-to-1 bet with, uh, with Kurt mm-hmm. that Trump will never and cannot win re-election, period, because he's the president who appointed the two justices who led to the flip of Roe Wade. It's the only issue on the ballot. Jay, what do you say to that? I mean, it does seem like the... The caller's right about the Roe v. Wade decision. Ever since then, certainly that was a big factor factor in the red wave fizzling out. Well, it certainly was a major factor. Again, but not the only one. But but what we need to do is, is, you know, people who have values and moral standings. We have to separate good from evil. We can't just say, "All right, you win. We're gonna let we're gonna let children be murdered." You know. But so, if you're pro-choice, though, you're 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 labeling them evil? What I'm saying is that this is a fundamental battle between good and evil. That the murder of children at nine months is evil. Now, the other I'll side. Be very would, clear on that. The, the other side would say that that almost never, ever happens, right? Well, if it never, ever happens, why do we have a law allowing it? So let, let's be very clear about that. It is their intent to control and to take the life of a child. 
Now, as Republicans, it's pretty simple. We can say, all right, it's more important to win than to do what's right. We still have to have a fundamental belief in ourselves and a fundamental belief in the separation of good and evil and right and wrong. And we need to find a way, a new way, and we need money to do it, to explain exactly what these Democrats are doing, what their plans are, what the larger goal is of the, the socialists, which was, you know, you go back to the Soviet uh, Russia. Okay, but you, well, you agree with the caller's point, though, that politically, this is a big-time loser for the Republicans. Politically, currently... It is a big-time loser for the Republicans because we haven't messaged it right and we haven't had the resources to fight it and to explain the realities of what the Democrats are doing on the other side and taking the lives of children. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on The Morning Drive. Yes, good morning. You know, Jay, you can spin it any way you want. Blame it on money. Blame it on abortion. Blame it on whatever you want. But the fact remains that people have experienced the last three years and it appears that a majority are okay with it. They're okay with Biden not knowing where he is. They're okay with the inflation. We lost the public education system, so we've lost the country. We're screwed. Time to build a bunker. What do you say to that, Jay? <laughs> well, well I, th- I think it's okay to build a bunker because you never know what's going to be happening. Yes. yes. Uh, the, the reality is that we have to fight back. You, can, you can't just let it happen and let it go away. You know, we take a look at what happened in Kentucky, for instance, where they spent $90, $92 million on an election there. And everybody talks about top of the ticket. And Daniel Cameron, who is a great guy, by the way, um, lost to Bashir. Every other Republican in the state of Kentucky was elected. Okay. Clean sweep up and down the ticket. So sometimes you're talking about where money makes a difference, where the money wasn't spent in the other races in that state, Republicans won because of their values and their belief system. But at the top of the ticket, where money is such a big influence, when you're outspent dramatically, it's really, really difficult to overcome. But you really think the whole problem here, this seems like you're putting the whole problem on money, that if you just weren't outspent, that people would be voting for the the issues that you, you know, on abortion. You really believe that it's all about money? It's not all about money, no. It's about messaging that goes with it. So we have work to do as Republicans to get our message out there better. We have to start talking. If, it, if, it's, if it's the abortion issue, for instance, we need to talk about all the other things that go with that. How inflation uh, makes it very, very difficult for women to go full term and have children. That we need to start empowering women to know that they can still have children and they can still have a great life that they don't have to choose. We need to we need to support our pregnancy centers so that people have real choice out there. You know, the Democrats talk about, oh, it's we're pro-choice, we're pro-choice. But when they make it so difficult for people to have true choice and to support women that need help, you know, women, we don't have to make this statement that women need abortion. What women have power, they have integrity, they have everything they need, and we just need to empower them and give them all the opportunity to, to make the decisions they want to make. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say some stuff that I don't know. We'll see how it goes. So it was explained to me when I was young, the core tenets of the philosophy of the Republican party was less government, more self-empowerment, a government out of people's personal lives. Democrat, the core tenet was that you need a government to provide a better life for people. So you basically have more and less government. It is completely opposite of the core tenet of the Republican Party to be involved in the quagmire of the abortion debate. 
I understand that from a philosophical point, the, I don't agree that, that there should be abortions at nine months, okay? But if you look at the core tenet of the policy of the original intent of the Republican Party, why they got sucked into and married, just pulled right into the abortion debate, it derails every conversation, does here every day. If, if the Republicans just said, hey, we don't believe in it, but we believe in freedom of, of everything because we're here to run the government. We're keeping the roads paved. We're keeping the, us safe. We're, we're, we're keeping the economy going. We're not, we're not, we're not concerned with anything to do with your, with yourself because I think you lose a huge chunk of the libertarian, uh, voice. Uh, I just had to say it. it. It's been driving me nuts. Yeah, you know, I'm the Republican National Committee man. I'm I, well, one of 168 people on the, the RNC board. This issue is bigger than politics. Yeah, this is you know where Republicans are on this. It, we we don't we don't do things. We shouldn't be doing things to get elected. We should be doing things to get elected to do what's right and not do what's wrong. And where the Republican Party is, we're going to go through a lot of struggles coming up on where we're going to be on this issue. And you're going to find a lot of people saying, I don't care as long as I win. And if I win, you know, we can address inflation. We can invite, uh, you know, spend time talking about foreign policy and all of those kind of issues. But as a human being, you still need to decide what's right and what's wrong. And as far as government interference goes, it's so out of control in terms of control and not giving people true choice and the government is into every little part of our lives right now and we're trying to fight back the best that we can but, and it's a real challenge but jay when you talk about um people of course people need to stand on principle what they believe on this but it may be that the americans just do not agree with that position that you have and that a lot of republicans have on abortion and that you're going to find out in the next elections because it seems like that's the way it's been trending I mean, how bad were the Republicans hurt by the Speaker of the House race with Kevin McCarthy getting booted out, taking so long to find another Speaker, and now Mike Johnson from Louisiana is the Speaker, and you you can guarantee they're going to be there. He's going to be used all across the country as an extreme supporter of pro life uh, issues. Well, I you know I, I hate to use the word extreme. I mean, you know, protecting a child's life to me is not an extreme position to be in. Where taking the life of a nine month old is is an extreme position. But yes, there are some real challenges going forward. And if, as a party, if we do not find a way to talk about other issues, to talk about the life issue in the right way and message it properly and actually educate and make people understand the extremism on the other side. You know, I want to ask every, every candidate, you know, when is it okay to take the life of a child? And they won't answer those questions. They, they, they hedge, they make up stories, they do spin, like you're saying. So as a party, we have some real challenges. There's absolutely no question that we are in trouble on this issue. And it's up to us to explain the issue because morally and medically and scientifically, we are absolutely right on this issue, but we've done such a poor job of explaining it to people that are voting out there. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on The Morning Drive. Hi, good morning. Yes, uh, every time that Jay's on the show, and, and many other politicians do this as well, he uses these blanket labels. The Republicans did this. The Democrats did this. And I'm, my question for Jay is, isn't there a better way to have a discussion about people's opinions rather than putting these blanket labels on? 
when Chris Christie is on with you quite frequently, he never points to a side. And I think that division is part of the, the overall fundamental problem that our country has. Isn't there a better way to refer to people? Because I'm not a Republican, and I love Chris Christie, and I like that. I don't like the feeling that I get from your interview that you're always pointing at the Democrats. I just don't think that's a good thing. Jay, what do you, what's your response to his concern? And uh, again, here today you said, you basically said it's, it's good versus evil. And I think that could certainly be applied to Israel and Palestine with uh, uh, what's going on there. Phil Scott said that clearly. But really, do you think it's fair to refer to people who are concerned about choice as, as evil? Uh, I, I believe if you're concerned about choice, you're certainly not evil. But I, I think we have to be very clear about this. If you think taking the life of a child for any reason or no reason whatsoever after nine months, it, tell me that's okay. Tell me that that's morally sound judgment on your part. And, and what the caller is saying is absolutely right. And I, I want to be very, very clear about when I talk about Republicans and I talk about Democrats, I talk about the leadership within each of those parties. Because I have a tremendous number of friends that are Democrats, that vote Democrat but they follow some leaders that are not good people. So we have to separate that. And I appreciate that call from the caller because I need to be very, very careful when I explain these things that if you are a Democrat living in St. Albans, for instance, you are not supporting uh, Rashida Tlaib. Yeah. That, that's, those Democrat leaders are out there too far. And so thank you, caller, very much for pointing that out to me. And by the way, I, I like Chris Christie, too. I think he, I know him fairly well. Uh, and if you're going to go out to dinner and have a good time, uh, you know, Chris Christie might be your guy. I'm not voting for him in the primary, but I think he's a good guy. Now, we've got to get to the debate before, we, before the time's out. There's a big debate tonight, and there's five candidates on the stage. Now, Tim Scott was a, looked like he wasn't going to make it, but he has made it. Tell us your expectations for tonight. What do, is it going to be Haley going after DeSantis because they're kind of vying for the number two spot? Do you expect to see sparks flying between those two? I think what you're going to see, and, and there was a, a summit in Florida uh, this past weekend, and unfortunately uh, Nikki Haley had to bow out because of some family issues. Uh, it's all about expectations. So it really is going to be the Haley-DeSantis show tonight. Uh, I think you're going to find them trying to separate themselves from each other. I think foreign policy is where Nikki Haley's going to go with her experience that she has there. You're going to hear about uh, DeSantis is going to talk about uh, how he is the only one that can win and what's going on in Iowa and his organization and the endorsement by Kim Reynolds, which was huge. Uh, so you're going to see the two of them really go at each other, but I don't think it'll be a fiery exchange. I think some of the feedback that their campaigns received last time was that they need to be more presidential and they need to talk about their issues and they need to talk about them. You will see them, however, going after uh, former President Trump. I think this is going to be the swan song for Vifek Ramaswamy, uh, that every time he speaks, his numbers go down. Um, but, you know, Chris Christie is going to be around. Uh, Tim Scott's you know, is going to try to fight for the but microphone. He's, which, he's on kind of life support at this point, don't you think? His pack said we're not going to be spending any more money on him right now. Um, his poll numbers are awful. Um, he's he's kind of on life support, isn't he? Unless he does, he had terrible advice in the last debate yeah. from his handlers. 
Well, you know, his, his, the advice was that he had, he had to step forward and he had to demand time and, and seem tougher than he really is, and it's not his personality. Uh, but his his regular personality hasn't been driving the needle very far for in his direction anyways. So it'll be very interesting tonight to, to see if there is separation because Haley and DeSantis really feel as though they need to be the sole uh, candidate to run against Trump. I disagree with that. I think uh, if either of them want to move forward, they need to make sure that President Trump doesn't get 50% in all the states and start winning all the delegates. Uh, so I think they need the voice on both sides of that. Uh, you know, DeSantis is the only one that can actually pull a lot of vote, Trump voters to his side, and he'll try to do that. Or uh, you'll see Chris Christie going hard after Trump. And they'll, they'll probably be talking, I bet there'll be some questions asked by the moderators about the results from last night. There will be lots of questions about that. There'll be lots of questions about Israel. So this will be a, a mostly a foreign policy conversation, which should really work for uh, Nikki Haley. Yeah. All right. Give us a quick prediction. Who do you do you think somebody comes out of this thing tonight as, uh, boy, DeSantis is the winner, clear winner tonight, or Nikki Haley or somebody else? Do you think there's going to be a clear winner? You, you know, if you talk to most of my friends, they're going to say the clear winner is going to be Donald Trump. Um I, I don't believe there will be a clear winner that comes out of this. I think you're going to see that uh, both Haley and DeSantis can prove that they are qualified and capable of being president of the United States, and that's really what their goal is. They want to talk about specific issues. They want to talk about what's going on with Biden's economy, his his failures uh, to bring prices down, and his failure on the world stage, and what an embarrassment uh, this current administration is. What's going on at the border should be First and foremost, you know, 1.8 million uh, single men in this country that they haven't caught that just came across the border. They're not sure wh- who they are, where they're from, and what their intents are. So the border has to be part of this because it affects our economy, it affects our foreign policy, and it certainly affects our security. There All we right. go. There is. It, is it true that Nikki Haley is the only one who's not going to be wearing heels tonight? Sorry, that was a <laughs> slam at DeSantis on his heels. Uh, I, I actually was standing next to Mr. DeSantis, and he is about the same height that I am. He's a little bit taller than me, with or without shoes on. I was just having fun. Jay Shepard, the National Republican Committee man. Thanks for being on the morning drive, as always, Jay. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thank you very much, Jay. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You know the routine. We're going to check in with ABC News. Amanda's got the headlines. There is some winter weather coming. Jeffrey's got the details on that. And then we'll be back with Alex.